I think that's the biggest thing that people misidentify is that if I say I could have done better in this, it's going to be seen as a negative thing and then I failed. Hey, I'm Michael Probert and welcome to Let's Talk Teams, a podcast by Uptick, the one-on-one meeting software that helps managers and their teams get on the same page, but more than that, actually have better conversations with one another, not just talking about projects, status updates, and all the stuff that you can do via email. It digs into the nitty-gritty things, how work is going and how your team members work best, and all the conversations that you never actually get to have. Today in the podcast, my boss Chris and I sit down and talk about how I do my self-evaluation. It's really expanding on a blog post that I wrote a couple years ago called How to Write a Self-Evaluation That Will Impress Your Boss. We dive in a little bit deeper. Chris asked me some questions that we don't get into in the blog post. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you have any questions, just hit me up on Twitter at jmichaelprobert, and I would love to talk to you more about it. Hope you enjoy this chat. Okay, so I was thinking about this today. It's January 3rd, 2020, brand new year. And I walk into the office and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's time for reviews again. Now it used to (laughs) exactly. It used to be scary, like come in and like, what am I gonna write? I have no idea. I have to scour my Outlook email box and I have to look at my Word documents, my post-it notes, and whatever Mm -hmm. I wrote on the back of my hand that I hadn't washed off. And 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 it still it would end up being kind of vagaries and you know, you know, write things that uh that people wanted to hear, or maybe just the things I remembered that were most recent. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a manager, I think a lot of us experience that. I've talked to a lot of managers, and they say, yep, that's what we do. Same here. Yeah. But there was something a few years ago, we started a process of, of trying to be more intentional about it. And I think a lot of our, our staff initially didn't really know what to do with it. But you did, and you wrote a blog about it. And I wanted to talk a little bit today about how an employee can write a self-evaluation that a manager will go, oh my gosh, like I did when you handed it to me. (laughs) So what was your thought process? What were the things you were, what was your history with it? And and how did you think to do it the way you did it? Well, I think I kind of stumbled into it. It wasn't because I had a grand (laughs) plan, but I know kind of what what I did throughout it, Um, Mm -hmm. kind of at the end of it, after looking back on it when I wrote this post. And uh, when when I was going through it, when we first came to the company, you know, there's a little slide deck of like, here's what our culture is like, and things have changed since then. But mm-hmm. um, one of the things that was talked about was like, you know, here are some of our core values that we have here, and that I saw that that was listed as uh, on the performance reviews because when I we do quarterly reviews, and mm-hmm. so I had to review a full official review, you know, almost to the day three months after I started, and saw one of the questions was company values, and so I was like, oh, so I hit you up and was like, hey, can you send me that slide deck? I can't remember what our values are. <laughs> and by the way, I was having trouble remembering them as well, which is not a good sign. Yeah. So that's a, there's a whole topic in and of itself right it, there. It I was kind of looking for like, okay, so there's a question that's asking me about how have I aligned with our core values as a company. And I knew it'd be, I could be vague and I could say something like, you know, I feel like I've emulated these values by being a good employee and mm-hmm. being productive and stuff, and you know, be vague and mi- mostly get the job done. Which is, uh, after talking with a lot more people, that's very normal. Yeah, that's what they do. Um, but I just I asked you like, well, hey, can I get that list again? And hopefully, other companies listening to this who have core values, it's a little more public and known uh, than ours was at the time. <laughs> yeah, parenthetically, we have a little bit better idea of who we are now than we did then. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I totally, I totally get. It. But it this was- is the section that like. I think this this is the part that you uh, mentioned most to me at the time, right? Which kind of gave me a cue for how I started doing reviews going forward. Okay, I wrote kind of each one, and I thought back on like the last 
quarter, it was easy because I only had three months of job history mm-hmm. to go back through. But I just thought about like, what's an example where I lived out that core value or someone could see like, oh, these two things match up. And so I just put an example next to each one. And after the review, you were saying like, oh man, this is, no one's doing core value question like yeah. this. I'd um, never seen it. So one of the interesting things about interviewing a lot of team members and a lot of leaders these days is that we get to hear all kinds of ways that people do performance reviews. But one of the most interesting things to me, because I've never experienced it as an employee, is that a lot of employees are handed a blank sheet of paper and they're told, here, write a self-evaluation. I'm like, uh, okay, you know, is this a safe place? Is this a good place? What do I write? All mm-hmm. of those sorts of things. Have you, have you had any experience like that? Uh, nothing where it was like a blank slate, but I've definitely gotten the form and been like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with this. <laughs> like, I see these questions here, but what do you actually want? Right. Do you want, you know, to be thorough? Should it be quick? Do, are you just trying to get through it? Um, is this really for development or is it to like hold my feet to the fire? What mm. is, what's the, like the whole context around the review? What's the, the feeling or association around it with like what are managers looking to like, make decisions based off about it or HR or whatever it is, is it purely formality? And I think like looking back now, I realize the way I've approached self-evaluations is a little more detailed, more like thorough than the norm is what I've found. For sure. And how I started out about it was like, well, I don't know what Chris wants or or my past managers want. Mm -hmm. So I'll just start with what I would want. If I was like Mm. trying to do a thorough evaluation of a team member, and what I have to start with, like, is like, what is their, what do they think? Because as much as I have context of what I'm valuing their performance, there's things maybe I don't know or have forgotten about mm-hmm. that I need them to help prompt me because I want them to get a fair shake or would want them to get a fair shake. And so I need to do that for my bosses so mm-hmm. that they can, so like, here's how I'm thinking about it ahead of time. So, like, before they actually write their evaluation, they get some input from me first. And going back a little bit, I think, uh, you know, you just mentioned that the self-evaluation usually comes first, and I think it does in most companies. So managers want something to riff off of. They don't want to start with a blank sheet of paper either. Mm -hmm. And um, for sure, uh, when I see a really great self-evaluation, it catalyzes thinking in me as a manager, Mm -hmm. things that I want to encourage in someone or things that I want to give some feedback about. Um, The first one you handed me was that four and a half years ago or so. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I was, oh my gosh, I, I'd never seen one like it. And I've been leading a long time um, because it had both an element of um, of humility of like, these are areas where I'd like to grow, but it also had, you know, a fair amount of, I think I've done this relatively well too. And it gave me an opportunity then to reflect and go back and go, yeah, man, that was just awesome when he did that. This was kind of a, a, a good moment for our whole company when Michael did this. But mm-hmm. here's an area where he could legitimately grow and it'll help make him a more effective leader as he grows in his professional development. When when you first came into it and you, and you wrote that first review that was sort of revolutionary to me, mm-hmm. how did you come into it? And, and what made you decide these are the right things to share? Well, I started by looking at like what are the questions that are being asked? And mm-hmm. just that gave me like my rough outline of like, okay, these are things that are at least important enough that you're putting the question out there. So I know I need to respond to these things. Mm-hmm. And then also thinking about what is advantageous for me to show or to bring up if there's any other topics that aren't included in like the questions that were sent. Um, and also kind of look through like, okay, so what are the areas that maybe other people won't answer as well? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wasn't thinking about it this proactively at the time, but now when I look back, I can see that what was a standout to you is areas that I answered um, with being more thorough mm-hmm. uh, than other people. And that made a bigger difference than sections that everyone was being more thorough because they thought like everyone has to be in depth talking about their projects they did or didn't get done because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's objective. But areas that are more subjective, like ways you've impacted the team, the values and virtues of the organization and how you've aligned with those. Like those are areas that a lot of people just slough through right. and it's easy to come up with some generalities and like kind of explain away with a lot of words without saying a whole lot. And those areas I think I actually dug deeper into and that's mm-hmm. what made more of an impact for you. Yeah, for sure. And it gave me an opportunity to lead the rest of the team members better the next time we did reviews because I was able to be clearer about the things that mattered to me. Because as a manager, I read it and I'm like, well, gosh, this is really helpful. I really get a, a much more of a 360-degree picture of Michael's role in the company, mm-hmm. areas where you'd like to grow and, and get better. Um, you've been real transparent with me about, hey, challenge me on these things. Let me know when I'm not measuring up or when mm-hmm. I, I need to grow. Uh, that That's something I've been able to take to the other team members and say, n- not – Hey, Michael's doing this. You should do it too. Not shaming people into it, but just saying yeah, yeah. this is a this is a, a it great sparks an idea for standard. You. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, everybody needs a framework, and as you, as we talked about, some people get a blank sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. In your case, you had a sheet of paper with some questions on it, but not a lot of context. Yeah, there wasn't a, a guide of how to do this well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I decided to write it. <laughs> yeah. After you, after a few rounds, and you said that you know this is looking pretty good. Well, walk me through a little bit, for those who won't look at the blog, walk me through a little bit of just the high level of what someone should do to write a self-evaluation that will impress their boss. So there's six main areas that I've kind of outlined. Now, this is great if you have questions that have been given to you by your manager or by HR or something like that, or if you're just given the blank sheet, like, hey, do a self-evaluation and send it in to me for your performance review. Mm -hmm. Um, But just to run off the top real quick, one talking about the company values, if they've if your company has them that are understood and published, and like you could say, oh yeah, I could look those up. But if your company doesn't have any uh, company values, what are your personal values and how you bring those mm, to work? Mm-hmm. Areas of accomplishment since your last review, so that could be a little bit different than goals, like maybe like some other things that have been accomplished that were not initially set up for like your responsibility to mm-hmm. get done. But then also your goals. If your manager assigned you goals, for sure talk about those. Right. Um, whether you succeeded or, or not, we'll talk about vulnerability in a little bit. Um, but if you weren't assigned any goals, what were goals that you gave yourself? Or even if you look back retroactively and say like, you know, I didn't like write down any goals mm-hmm. a year ago or six months ago. But when I think about it, like these were the things that were important to me all along the way. And maybe I'll talk about why those were important and how my job, how, how I worked my job to, to achieve those things or to move that, move that ball down the field. Any insights on your productivity? And it's less about like, are you productive or not? You can cover a lot of that mm-hmm. conversation in like your goals and accomplishments. But insights on your productivity, letting your manager know like, when was the time that you were feeling most productive? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the environments where you feel productive when you're working well? And those when you're not, mainly because you're giving your manager more inputs on how mm-hmm. you like to work. Right. What are the scenarios in which like you do your best work? One of the things I noticed about your review that I really liked was, 
um, you strayed from the, let me give you a list of ways I was productive. So here's the list of things I did mm-hmm. that indicate that I was productive. You tended to dive into a little, little bit more of that stuff, which was this is how and when I was productive. But you also went into a little bit more depth about the obstacles that you faced that you either overcame or didn't. And there was vulnerability in there because mm-hmm. there were times when you said, you know, I, I could have done this and I didn't. But there are other times when you said, yeah, you know, I, this was a really hard problem and I was able to fix it. How, how would you encourage people to write about their productivity there so it's not just a kind of a recitation of things I did? Yeah. I mean, I've talked about this a lot with different people here at the, at the company and the team because we talk about, you know, how do we differentiate between like productivity and getting my, my tasks that I've been assigned? Like, well, I've either been productive because I've gotten those done or I haven't. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you, what's the difference? Why would you talk about both as separate things? And when I think about like what I would want from a team member to talk to me about their productivity, it's more like, hey, like I know if the projects are getting done or not, or if I don't, you know, I'll ask or mm-hmm. whatever. You mm-hmm. know, if that stuff works itself out, whether stuff got done or not. Right. But I want to know when did you feel most productive? Mm. When are times or projects that you felt like you were just flying? Mm-hmm. What is the stuff that felt like it was just a total grind? And you're not being unproductive if work takes a long time. Mm-hmm. It's just taking a long time. Right. Because you might not be as efficient as someone else doing something as quickly, but that doesn't mean you're not being productive. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are important things to share with your manager of like, maybe there's some stuff that like, you have to do the work on. It just takes you a long time, even though you stay focused on it. And someone else on your team is a whiz at that. Like you guys should actually swap, mm. swap jobs or yeah. swap tasks and maybe get a little more specialized in what you do. And then they focus on those things too. But that stuff can't happen if you don't share it with your manager. That is, I mean, that's so insightful because I think as a manager, when you're trying to to load balance your team and you're looking at the gifts and abilities of your team, if somebody doesn't stand up and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Chris, what you're seeing is that I actually get it done and that's true. But I honestly think that somebody who is more gifted than I am at this would finish it much more quickly, which sometimes as a manager, I don't know that. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a conversation like that today with one of our coworkers and, and he said, you know what? Um, this is something I don't really, I don't really enjoy. It's, I'm really not that good at it, and it's not that I won't do it. And he's done a really, really good job at it. Mm-hmm. But his point was, I honestly think there's somebody better on the team to do it. Unless someone says that out loud, as a manager, I may not know. Well, in this, in the second part of that is, is it that I'm not the right person to do it because I'm not as efficient? Isn't the whole thing? It's also like, right. but do you desire to? Because then that gets into a professional development question mm-hmm. of like, hey, like I'm not the fastest person on the team at this or or the best but i really want to grow in this or right. you can say like this is a part of my job i could take or leave mm-hmm. and your manager won't always know that right unless you're actually telling them another part of productivity though is like when i said earlier the times when you're most productive we had had conversations earlier on when i first came to the company that like i'm an introvert and like i do my best work and i think a lot of people do their best work when they have uninterrupted time mm-hmm. to work on it mm-hmm depending on the, the type of job you have. Right. Uh, but by and large, most people that are doing either like creative or longer running work that doesn't rely on being responsive, uninterrupted time is critical to be able to do good work. You have to think. Yeah, you have to have time to think. So we made some changes. Like I started working remote one day a week. That's something we talked about in the middle of quarter during one-on-ones. But I still comment on that during in like my productivity sections, not as often now because we know that it's a norm. Sure. But when it was early, like I would say like my most when I look at like the things that I was most proud of or moved the ball the farthest, 
it was usually either right around those days when I was remote, either directly after or during the days when I was not sitting in the mm-hmm. office. And that doesn't mean I'm going to go work from home every day because mm-hmm. um, I love being around the team too. But being able to say like, hey, we talked about this and I asked for this freedom. I want to report back to you that that freedom was well well-deserved but also moved I'm using the the sports analogy a lot today, but it really like moved the projects forward. So one of the things that um, that I noticed in your reviews was you 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 kind of twisted a little bit the way we had used to talk about impact on the team. Frankly, it used to be a little bit like, am I nice to my teammates? Do I bring them coffee? Am I throwing a, a, a lunch once a month? And and that's a legitimate thing in a culture to have a relational piece. Mm-hmm. You kind of took it in a different way though. Talk a little bit about that when it comes to the 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 way you modeled working offsite, maybe the way you model um, uh, working remotely. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so there's some ways we've talked about uh, impact on the team here for quite a while. That essentially gets to the same question of productivity. Like, okay, I have my goals, I got them done, or I didn't get them done, mm-hmm. or there's this much progress. Well, productivity. Well, see the section of what I wrote about goals. Okay, impact on the team. See what I wrote about goals. You know, all these people can take the shortest route possible to just say like, just look at what I already wrote. Mm -hmm. Just look at what I already wrote. But the thing that's going to have the biggest impact on on what your manager will see from you in your self-evaluation is do you take each question and think about what is the purpose of the question, not how much little work can I do to get this Mm -hmm. thing done. Mm -hmm. So thinking about impact on the team, what are the repercussions of decisions you've made? that maybe you didn't realize would impact people on the team. I'm a perfectionist at times. Mm-hmm. Other times I'm like, how quickly can I get the simplest version of this thing done out the door? So I guess maybe perfectionist isn't the right term for it, but if I know exactly what I want, I want to go for it and get it because mm-hmm. I've got the vision for it and I know that it would be great or I've got the hunch that it would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things, I don't know, but let's just try it and let's see. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the times when I press way too hard to get it done the right way, I'll bottleneck the team mm. unintentionally. Mm-hmm. And it is a lagging effect when I realize it's actually bottlenecking the team. Like if I'm trying to get um, this like screen design just right and I'm trying to figure it out and I'll stick on it for too long and I'll realize uh, the design, the development team is saying like, hey, we're ready for the next project and it's not ready for them mm-hmm. because I got too stuck on something. Right. And I've bottlenecked the team. So like I wrote that in my reviews um, at different times when I was doing more design work of like, I took on this project and I didn't come up for air early enough. You trusted me to be working on it and working my way through. You weren't micromanaging me. Um, and when it, it was when you checked in on it that it was like, hey, we got to make a change because mm-hmm. the project's not moving forward and it's stuck on you. And you were right. And so that's where I actually wrote an impact on the team. Like, hey, I sacrificed the progress of our development team to move like a feature forward Mm -hmm. because I was the bottleneck. And it's not about shaming or like that I'm bad or anything like that, but being able to be reflective of like, I know that now after many times of being reflective on this, I have the propensity to to zero in on something for too long, stick there too long, even if it's with the best intentions, Mm -hmm. but that will be bad for five other people that are waiting on work from me. Yeah, and parenthetically, for the manager to hear that is super helpful. You're actually leading up when you tell me stories like that because there's times when I look at you and I think, okay, this is a super talented guy who's motivated and he's trying to kill it for the team. So you're just doing your very best. But when you're transparent, you say, yeah, you know what? 
I could have finished this a week earlier, but I didn't. And you did that. You said, you know, and because I didn't finish it a week earlier, the mm-hmm. dev team was a, a week behind. Everything got a week behind, and it kind of builds on it. That transparency helped me as a manager to go, okay, next time, I'll just ask the question in our one-on-one. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, how's it going? Are you spending the appropriate amount of time on this thing, or are we spinning our wheels a little bit? Yeah, an impact on the team isn't an all-bad thing. Like, it can right. be a great thing. Mm-hmm. So another example that you and I talked about was I went on, on vacation for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I knew that there was, similar to the bottleneck problem, I wanted to not be the bottleneck when I left for two weeks mm-hmm. and have the whole team get slowed down. So I did all the prep work leading up to it so that when I left, I didn't need to be on call. No one was hitting me up for questions or what needs to happen next because I did all the prep work ahead of time so that the rest of the team could work without me. And that was something I wrote about like, hey, the impact on the team is like, I could be gone for two weeks and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And it's not because the team doesn't need me. It's because I set a good example of doing the prep work ahead of time. Right. Thinking about the self-eval too, I think for me as a manager, of course I knew that happened. But when it was written for me in that form, it gave me something to go, okay, this is something now we can replicate. This it's is a new standard. Exactly. Or, or an existing standard that's been brought up and shown again. Yeah. Positive or documented. It was documented. You documented it, and I could take it then to other people and say, hey, do you remember when Michael did this? These are the steps that he outlined. And that's another thing that, that I want to talk about a little bit in your self-evaluation. You'll, you'll give really broad comments, but then you'll get pretty specific. And mm-hmm. in the case of this, for instance, you said, these are the things that I did, which gave me a really nice outline to go to other people when they're considering leaving to do it. So mm-hmm. my uh, encouragement to anybody listening to this is be specific where you can be specific. Absolutely. It'll help your manager. Yeah. What I try to do in any section of the review is to talk overarching, what is the arc of the story? Mm-hmm. of what's happened from the beginning of this review period to the end of the review, review period, whether that's three months, six months, 12 months, or the first time you've gotten an evaluation done in two years because you're just starting. Try to think, you know, <laughs> it's a whole other conversation if you haven't if ever had a review and you've mm-hmm. been in a company for a long time. But try to look, what's the arc of the story? Uh, and that starts with being more descriptive, not vague, but being descriptive. Like, what are the themes Mm-hmm. Uh, that have been over this time. If I was going to talk about the theme of, like, for us, of this last quarter, for me, it was making more of a transition of, like, okay, I'm doing mostly marketing. Then mm-hmm. at the end, I'm coming back into product, trying to get a little bit more uh, of a different process for how we're going to split our team a little bit to do mm-hmm. kind of two different projects at once. Mm-hmm. And then now that's kind of bleeding into this next quarter of how my role will change. That's the overarching, like, story. But then there's a lot more specific things within that. If I talk about impact on the team, I can talk about, okay, what happened when I uh, came in working with the software team again and not just marketing? But did I also leave too many marketing things undone because I got too focused on this other thing? And that's actually having a Mm long-term negative impact if left untouched. Hmm. Um, So looking at like, what is the whole? What does the whole look like if you zoom out? If you had to tell your manager, you know, in five minutes, like here's how I think the quarter went Mm -hmm. without being vague, Mm -hmm. just being what is the story? Uh, and then if you had more time, you'd get more specific. I try to do that in each section. Man, that's a great way to think about it. I love the story element. And it actually um, paints a, a mural, not just a timeline, which mm-hmm. I really like. And, and as a manager, I need to hear that. What else are the kind of things that you talk about in your um, in your review process? Yeah, well, we have a question that talks about like you know where are the ways you want to grow uh, mm-hmm. in the next quarter. We say quarter because that's how often we do our reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I the question actually never asks how did you do last quarter yeah. based on what you said? But I always include it. Right, you do. Because if I say, 
you know, I want to grow in uh, this. I want to learn this new skill. I want to get better at, uh, you know, whatever these things are. Here's why. I'm excited about it. That looks great to a manager. Mm-hmm. Hey, good job. I'm yeah. excited that you want to grow. But if there's no second shoe to drop on how did that go, you know, maybe the manager forgets because not everyone's going back to reread last evaluation. If you have 15 team members, you know, right. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> time just adds mm-hmm. up and then you're not going to have time to do it. Mm-hmm. But what makes the difference is to show your manager that you're being reflective. Hmm. You know, if you if you had something like that where you said, these are ways I want to grow, or you had these personal goals that you'd set out that are different than like the tasks you've been assigned, say how it went. Hmm. Um, so something that I include is ways I want to grow in the next quarter, whether that's, could be interpersonal, could be skills, whatever it may be. Um, what, what are areas that you want to improve uh, in the next quarter, or in your next review? But then next time, go back, see what you said, and reflect on it. Hmm. No, that's great. Um, one of the questions I have, uh, and you mentioned it earlier, is about vulnerability. Um, anyone listening to this could fit in any part of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. They could fit in from the, I totally trust my boss. He's my best friend. I've talked with people that are like that. And I live in a toxic situation where I feel like my boss wants to kill me. What advice would you give people when they're thinking about how vulnerable they can be with their boss, uh, depending on where they are in that spectrum? Mm-hmm. Well, it's unpopular and scary well, oftentimes uh, because the best thing you can do is be vulnerable in most circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people aren't out to get you. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't just looking for your you to mess up and for their chance to catch you doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. There are those circumstances, and that's brutal. I've never had to personally deal with that. So for me to speak on how to handle it, mm-hmm. it would be guessing. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never been in that situation. But what I do know is that even if you are in a situation where someone is you know, kind of watching for your mistakes, if you go ahead and out yourself first, you're taking away the bullet. Right. You've already expressed it. You know it. They know that you know it. And hey, there you go. So the fear with like not performing well or trying to hide something by not mentioning it, there's three main ways that's going to go. Either you're hiding something and you're afraid that's going to come up and it never comes up, but you're just nervous that it does. Mm-hmm. So you're just nervous the whole time. You're not sure if it's ever going to come back up. So there's just kind of perpetual anxiety. Right. Two, your manager brings it up and all of a sudden now you feel like you're being called out because they don't think you've, you're aware. I mm-hmm. don't think you've thought about it. Now you're on your heels and they're essentially bringing it up because you never did. Don't you know that this was important? Don't you know that like this project was supposed to happen this way? Whatever the, the questions are. Or but third, you're on the defensive right away. Yeah, you're on the defensive. Third, it comes up, you bring it up, you prompt it. You say, this fell short. Here's why. Here's what I think went wrong. Here's what I'm going to do for, going forward about it. Okay, what else conversation is there to be had? You know, it's interesting because you brought a level of transparency to our review process that I hadn't seen. Um, For whatever reason, people kind of made it a greatest hits album whenever they would write their self-evaluation. It's very common. Yeah, and you brought in some real transparency. And in our situation, our CEO then will also review the reviews after I've done them. He -hmm. reviewed that. He said, I've never seen this kind of transparency. No one's ever been so honest. And you're you know, your stature in the eyes of your leaders went way up because you were willing to just call yourself out. In fact, you called yeah. yourself out in areas that we might not have noticed had you not brought attention to it. Mm-hmm. But it, it it gave us greater trust as managers to look at you and go, well, 
this guy clearly has a really balanced view of his performance. And so when he tells us he's, things are going well, we're likely to believe him. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest part. And that's why I wrote it that way, is if I was reviewing a team member, someone that was reporting to me, I don't want to get the, the press release version of their quarter. Mm-hmm. That tells me nothing. It tells me the stuff probably I already know and in a, a better light than I already know that it happened. Mm-hmm. What good is that? Yeah. It doesn't do me any good as a manager to see to get that from a team member other than reminding me of things I would have forgotten about, which is good. But what's helpful for me is to know like, hey, what happened for things that were just like, maybe they were just fine. Mm-hmm. Not good, not bad, mm-hmm. fine. Most things are fine. Right. Most things are not off the charts amazing or terrible. Right. So if everything's being pitched as like, man, I did this, I did this, it's all good, I'm this is why I should deserve that promotion. It's like, have some humility and just find yourself and see yourself as who you are. I'll tell you, you've had a, a profound impact on our team because there's been a couple of occasions on our team where some guys have written themselves a really glowing self-evaluation. I don't think it's, they set out to do that. I think they just did. They were in a hurry and that's what they wrote. And I've kicked them back to them. And I've said, hey, give it a little bit more thought. Tell me about the, the things you did really well. That's fantastic. I want yeah. to cheer for you. That's great. But also give me some ideas of ways you think you could have done things better and areas that you'd like to grow. Because it will be helpful for me as your manager to know that. Yeah. And it's not a punishment. Right. Right. I think that's the biggest thing that people misidentify is that if I say I could have done better in this, that's going to be seen as a negative thing and then I failed. But being able to look at it objectively, what could I have done better? Okay. Well, do you want to grow in your professional abilities? Do you want your career to move up and to the right, whatever that means for you. Do you want to get either more responsibility or grow in your income or whatever it is? If you don't want to stay in plateau, you have to look back and reflect so that you can move forward intelligently, confidently, with with context, not just guessing your way through. So if you're not going to look back and reflect, how are you going to get what you actually want, which is to grow? Hey, thanks again for tuning in to Let's Talk Teams today. If you have any other questions, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Uptick App. You can also message me at jmichaelprobert, and we'd love to talk to you more about it. And if you want to make your one-on-ones better with your team or with your manager, check out Uptick by visiting uptickapp.com.